Tommy Tuberville uh, hit the stage at former President Trump's rally in Nevada uh, last night. And, well, let's just roll the tape. <laughs> they want crime because they want to take over what you got. They want to control what you have. They want reparation because they think the people that do the crime are owed that. Bullshit. They're not owed that. And just to be clear, you won't. Time to get up. Welcome to Thought You Were No Speed Learner Podcast. As you probably already guessed, this show is about one Tommy Tuberville, the senator from Alabama. I'm only going to tell you a little bit about the guy. You know, he once was a coach at Auburn at uh, at Auburn, um, that's when he was most popular here in Alabama. Uh, before that, he, he was a coach at Ole Miss, and after that, he was a coach at Cincinnati. There was some controversy about whether he actually was a person that could represent Alabama uh, during his uh, his campaign. Uh, another Republican run, Jeff Sessions, who he was running against, uh, question whether he was even a, uh, technically a citizen of the state of Alabama or had been living here long enough to actually represent the people of Alabama. Tommy Tuberville has a, quite a bit of money, so he has properties in Florida and Ohio and other places that he's been. And he also has a home here in Auburn, Alabama. Now, here's the thing. The two things that really matter, or three things that matter is that, of course, Tommy Tuberville is over 30. He has been a, he's registered to vote in the state of Alabama, even though he has talked about himself being registered to vote in the state of Florida. Uh, he has also been a resident of the state of Alabama for one day, because that's the only requirement. One day to be a resident of the state of Alabama to be a senator of this state. And he qualified. So you don't want to say carpetbagger or an outsider. He might be an outsider technically. But he's he's had enough time to be a senator here. You know, Herschel Walker ran in Georgia, and he lives in Texas. So that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, as long as he can represent the state, right? Right. So, that being said, somehow this guy ends up on the Armed Service Committee. It, and I don't know if he served in the military before or had military service. I know that he talks about his grandfather who uh, served in World War II. Uh, he talked about him in a political speech where he said, well, my grandfather, uh, you know, liberated France from the communists. Okay, that was incorrect because we were fighting the Nazis, you know, Nazi Germany, uh, the Italians and the Japanese. That was definitely incorrect. So this guy is something else. Um, so he puts his foot in his mouth every once in a while. So, you know what? Better me to let you hear him yourself than me to continue to talk about him. So listen to this right here. You've established your concern where Biden's policies are. But the question was, how do you think these actions look to our adversaries? Well, you know, I'm on the Armed Services Committee, and uh, I go through all these hearings and listen to all these generals, four-star, all their combatant commanders. And if we think this is a problem, we're showing our adversaries we're weak, 
all we got to do is go back and look at Joe Biden's, uh, what he's done to our military with the woke ideas, with the CRT that we're teaching in our military. We are losing in the military so fast our readiness in terms of recruitment. And why? I can tell you why. Because the Democrats are attacking our military, saying we need to get out the white extremists, the white nationalists, people that don't don't believe in, in our agenda as as uh, Joe Biden's agenda. Uh, they're destroying it. Uh, this year, we will not reach any recruiting goals in the military. So if we want to talk about looking weak, that's where we're going to look weak. We cannot start putting rules in there for one type, one group, and, and make different factions in the military because that is the most important uh, institution in the United States of America and our allies is a strong, hard-nosed killing machine, which is called our military. You mentioned the Biden administration trying to prevent um, white nationalists from being in the military. Do you believe they should allow white nationalists in the military? Well, they call them that. I call them Americans. Uh, what happened after January the 6th, and I was here on January the 6th, we were attacked on the Senate floor saying that all these people that came into the, the, the Capitol were, were extremists. Uh, they were against the country. Uh, there was a lot of people, there was probably a hundred of them that came in, broke windows and broke doors that should have been locked up. Uh, that's not how we do it in America. But there were hundreds of thousands that didn't come in outside that were true Americans that believe in this country. But right after that, we, uh, our military and Secretary Austin put out a order to stand down and all military across the country saying, we're going to run out the white nationalists, people that don't believe how we believe. Uh, and that's not how we do it in this country. We have got so much division up here uh, that uh, not for the country. You know, this is not for any individual, this country. This country is for all of us. And we're all the same. It doesn't make any difference. You're rich, poor, black, white. It doesn't make any difference. Everybody's an American has opportunity to make this country better. Uh, we've made it 247 years, but I'm going to tell you what. We're, we're walking a tightrope right now. How much longer this country is going to make it as we all know it. So you're watching the video. Did you, did you basically hear some of the things he said? He said that uh, the wokeism, wokeism. Okay, in my definition, when I hear somebody say wokeism, it's another word for the N-word. Now, this wasn't the full document, and this was from NPR. There was more stuff that was on there. He was talking about LGBT rights and trans rights and things like that that the military shouldn't be involved in. And so when he gets to the wokeism, he also decides to throw in CRT and white nationalists, right? He says white nationalists are Americans. Now, some of you are like, oh, my God, I can't believe he said white nationalists are Americans. Me, on the other hand, said, well, at least about that part, he's right. They are Americans. They're the worst of what America is. It's something that America's been dealing with for a long time. You know, the Americans that decide to get in the bed sheets and all those things, uh, the Ku Klux Klan. You remember these guys right here? I mean, they're Americans. Or what about, um, what about these guys right here? They're Americans. They're Americans. I, I totally agree with him that they are Americans. They have a totally different opinion of everything, including the fact that they don't believe that certain members of this society have rights. If these people are in the military, which, by the way, is 43% African uh, people of color. I'm going to say African-American, but people of color. Uh, it's 21% African-American. People of uh, indigenous uh, descent. People of... Uh, 
from India, people from who are Islam, who are, who are Islamic, who are Jewish, people who are uh, Hispanic, all of them are in the military. They are part of the military. So the military since 1960 has tried to work on diversity because it realizes it's going to have a different group of people. It came from an era of, of course, uh, uh, Jim Crow and, 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 you know, white versus black. We came from that society, but then the military became integrated. When it became integrated, it realized it needs to work on diversity and has had some form of diversity training since the 1960s. 2009, the NDA was formed for officers to try, and a commission was formed to try to work on diversity to try to make it stronger in the military to make sure that we don't have that problem. At the same time, during in 1969, the military was working on trying to get rid of extremists out of the military. Let me mention some of those particular extremists. There's people like Andy Weaver, leader of the white supremacist group at the center of the Ruby Ridge incident in 1992. Richard Butler, founder of Aryan Nations. Eric Rudolph. Now, this is an interesting character. He bombed an abortion clinic in Alabama, a lesbian nightclub, and the Centennial Park during the Olympics in Atlanta. Fraser Miller, leader of the White Patriots Party and Patriot, perpetrator of the Overland Park Jewish community shooting. Ah, uh, yeah, another one. Then there was Timothy McVeigh. He, kind of, he was a long wolf. He didn't belong to any particular white nationalist group or, or white supremacist group, but he did have those type of views. He committed the Oklahoma City bombing. You know, the one where all those kindergarten kids died? I remember that day. I was at football practice in college, and we thought the terrorists had hit this country, and they turned out to be an American. Worst part about an American that served in our military that fought for the very people that he just killed. Then we can talk about Stuart Rose. You know, this man was just convicted of sedition. He is a member of the Oath Keepers, one of those anti-government nationalist militia group. Uh, he was convicted of sedition and other offenses connected with the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. And you know, if you wonder why he's wearing that eye patch, he shot himself with his own gun by mistake. Um, there are other things that we can talk about on this. While Tommy Tuberville says that, you know, they're just Americans with a different opinion. This is why they're dangerous. The, uh, the other group that's like the, the Oath Keepers is the Three Percenters. Three Percenters are another anti-government group. They believe that only 3% of America participated in the, in the uh, uh, American Revolution. So everybody else doesn't count in their book. This group is actively recruiting current and former mil military armed service, FBI, ATF, and other law enforcement agencies. This is directly from the FBI. This group is active. It's still active. Now, the Oath Keepers say they're, they're no, no longer active, but we know that there are chapters in various states that still are. But between these two groups, they're the two of the larger groups that recruit active duty military. And if that's not enough, Tommy Tuberville, or for anybody else that's listening, one-fifth of the defendants in the January 6th riot were served in the military or other branches of government. 50 active duty service persons have been charged in the January 6th riots. 1,000 people were arrested and charged. Of those, 200 were servicemen. All I can say is, looking at that, you're going to continue to say that there's not a problem in the military. There's a problem in the military. Yes, they are Americans. They are the worst of what represents us in America. 
they're highly capable of doing damage, especially when you're trained. Uh, you know, you think about what McVeigh did. He was trained in the military. He was military trained. If you think about what Rudolph did, he was trained in the military. All these men are trained in the military, and they're, you know, you know, this Rhodes guy and his friends. They like to get together and do military training, like they're invading houses and and, and uh, attacking places. So, what does that look like to me? That looks like Monday terrorist. Now, like I said, the military has always been trying to root out terrorism and other people who shouldn't be in the military. Like we, if y'all remember a few years ago, there was a report on the fact that a lot of people come here to the United States, join the military, and then they go back and they work for the cartels in, in Mexico with that military training. In America, we do allow uh, people to come to the United States. And one way that you can gain citizenship is by being in the military. And that's not from wokeism. That's been a rule in the military since forever. I think since way back when. That's one way to gain citizenship in the United States. And like I told you, the military is 43%. I, I think if you're, if you're woke, whatever you're calling wokeism, problem is there have been people of different races, different religions, uh, different political ideologies in the military for years. But we don't need extremists in the military, just like we don't need extremists in our uh, government or as politicians, we've got too many of them now, I think, in our House of Representatives and Senate, including this one Tummy Tuberville. He just proved the point by what he said here. We don't need diversity training because it's hurting our military and our soldiers and got people against each other. It's got them against each other. I'm worried about who's the ones that are against each other. That's what I'm worried about. Why are you opposed to the training? Because you've got to work with this person next to you. When you're in a foxhole with a guy with a gun, you got to be able to trust the guy next to you. When you're in the trenches, you got to trust the guy next to you. When you're in a firefight, you got to trust the guy next to you. I'm sure any military guy would tell you that. You got to be able to trust that person. So Tommy Tuffer, we're trying to make, we still, we want to continue to have a strong military. We don't want active duty personnel storming the Capitol because they don't like who the, who people in America voted for to be president of the United States. We don't want them to do that. We don't want them to go against the Constitution, which they've sworn to protect and uphold. Heck, we're, we're celebrating Memorial Day, for God's sake, for all the men who died for that Constitution. So it's sad to see that we got this individual here make the statement, talk about this is making our military weak when we're trying to make our military strong. Oh, yeah. Tommy Tuberville did talk about recruitment in the military. I don't know if Tommy Toverville has noticed this or not, but unemployment in the United States is down to 3.2%. A lot of places right now are struggling to get people to work. And people are really doing the cost-benefit analysis. A lot of people are starting their own businesses. Uh, they're taking their, the best shots. So cost-benefit analysis. You know, one thing about the military is you're putting your life on the line. It's possible that you could die. Even though we're not really in any major combat situations right now, but you know there's Iraq. We still got troops in Iraq. We got troops, if you get the special forces, who are working throughout Africa. We got troops on the front lines in Europe. We got Asian Asian deployments as well. So there are opportunities that people do not want to have a problem with. Now, world. some people look at the fact you can get, you get world travel, that the fact you can pay for your school. They look at the uh, health benefits that you get in the military, which is better than what most people get. It's just not as good as the Senate. So they think about those things. And it's an opportunity for some people. 
But as they are with everything else, they're, they're weighing the cost-benefit analysis. For some reason, people are just, recruitment is down right now. Maybe at some point, recruitment will pick up. Maybe as unemployment grows and other things. Because in the past, what people don't realize why that people of color, the 43% is really growing, is because a lot of people were looking for employment. And then the only opportunity was the military. Just logical thoughts that Tommy Tuberville didn't have. Hey, folks, thank you for watching today's show. I hope you enjoyed the show. And please make sure you hit that like button, subscribe, and share with your friend. Peace. You have been listening to Thought You're Awoke, No Speed Limit Podcast.